When I uh, preached a sermon not too long ago, a week or so ago, about James saying, you never know what tomorrow is going to bring, and only if the Lord wills it will you do such and such a thing, little did I know how we would so quickly experience this in our own family. Uh, we found out just uh, this past week that uh, your minister, Clay, has tested positive for the coronavirus, and his daughter, Montgomery, uh, Megan and Wade and Clayton are negative. So uh, anyhow, Clay is out of action for a couple of weeks and asked me if I would step in today and uh, handle the service and the installation, which I'm certainly more than happy to do and uh, have had a lot of experience doing it. But I am going to uh, add another scripture or two to our reading this morning, besides the one which you've already heard. I want to read a passage that I think has a lot to do with leadership from the Old Testament book of Exodus from chapter 18, and I'll be reading verses 13 to 26. We read, the next day Moses sat as judge for the people while the people stood around him from morning until evening. When Moses' father-in-law saw all that he was doing for the people, he said, What is this that you're doing for the people? Why do you sit alone while all the people stand around you from morning until evening? Moses said to his father-in-law, because the people come to me to inquire of God. When they have a dispute, they come to me and I decide between one person and another. And I make known to them the statues and instructions of God. Moses' father-in-law said to him, what are you doing? What you are doing is not good. You will surely wear yourself out, both you and these people with you. For the task is too heavy for you. You cannot do it alone. Now listen to me. I will give you counsel and God will be with you. You should represent the people before God and you should bring their cases before God. Teach them the statutes and instructions and make known to them the way that they are to go and the things they are to do. You should also look for able men among the people, men who fear God, who are trustworthy and hate dishonest gain, and set such men over them as officers over thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. Let them sit as judges for the people at all times. Let them bring every important case to you, but decide every minor case themselves. So it will be easier for you, and they will bear the burden along with you. If you do this, you will be able to endure, and all these people will go to their home in peace. And so Moses listened to his father-in-law and did all that he had said. Moses chose able men from all Israel and appointed them as heads over the people, as officers over thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. And they judged the people at all times, hard cases they brought to Moses, but any minor case they decided themselves. Moses, as we know, was one of the greatest leaders of God's people. But Moses had built an unhealthy dependence upon himself as the leader. Everybody came to him for everything. 
He was wearing himself out. He was in danger of what we call burnout. So his father-in-law Jethro makes a suggestion. He tells Moses, it's, it's just too much for one person to do. You can't do it all alone. You need a partnership with the people. And Moses heeded his father-in-law's advice. And not only did it make things easier on him, but it made the Israelites happier themselves and certainly a healthier group of people. Another passage that talks about leadership, this time in the early church, is in the book of Acts in chapter 6. And it talks about those who were chosen to serve in the early church. It says, during these days when the disciples were increasing in number, the Hellenists complained against the Hebrews because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution of food. People complained even back then. And in the 12, and the 12 called together the whole community of the disciples, and they said, it is not right that we should neglect the word of God in order to wait on tables. Therefore, friends, select from among yourselves seven men of good standing, full of the spirit and of wisdom, whom we may appoint to this task, while we, for our part, will devote ourselves to prayer and serving the word. What they said pleased the whole community, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith, and the Holy Spirit, together with Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch. And they had these men stand before the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them. And the word of God continued to spread. The number of disciples increased greatly in Jerusalem. Again, the disciples realized, the early 12 disciples, that they couldn't do all the work themselves and that they were really called to preach and to teach. And so they selected others from within the body of Christ to take on the other tasks that they could do. So the people began to do the work of administration and ministry and finances and pastoral care and, and evangelism, things that the lay people could do as well as the leading disciples. In the same way, we have and must have a partnership in ministry in the church today if it is to be strong and if the church is to grow and if we're not going to burn out the minister. We have a saying in the church that every member is a minister. But too many ordained ministers don't share the leadership of the church, and as a result, too many are burning out or dropping out of the ministry today. This morning we are installing the leaders of this church or our partners in ministry for the coming church year, 20 to 21. These are very important people. Important not only personally to Clay, your senior minister, so he doesn't burn out or wear out, but important to one another as we share ministry together in the body of Christ. I always like to say there are three kinds of people in the world and in the church. There are those who make things happen, 
There are those who watch things happen and there are those who go, what happened? What happened? Leaders are the ones who make things happen. But to do that, they have to possess certain qualities and abilities. A leader is someone whom others follow with respect. So a leader does not do all the work himself or herself. Their job is to lead, to see that things get done not just by themselves, but by others who are involved and excited in the work of Christ. Good leaders build a team to get things done. According to Dr. Dale Galloway, who built a very large and dynamic church in Portland, Oregon, there are six qualities that leaders must have which earn them influence and thus a following. And his six qualities all begin with the letter C. A clear vision, credibility, confidence, character, courage, and commitment. In addition, there are people persons. Leaders are people persons. They, they love people. A former president of the United States, Dwight D. Eisenhower, once said, leadership is the ability to get a person to do what you want them to do when you want it done and in the way that you want it done because they want to do it for you. You achieve this, though, only by loving people into doing it. You never get that kind of response by clobbering people over the head. Leaders have a winning attitude, a can-do attitude. They don't get all caught up in why things won't work or why we can't afford to do that. Instead, they're concerned with how we're going to make it work and how we're going to afford to do that. Leaders are positive, not negative. They are winners, not whiners. And they never give up. They never quit. When the going gets tough, the tough, with God's help, get going. And that's because they believe and they live the words of the gospel when we're told in the Bible, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And all things are possible for those who believe. They know that if it is God's will, that God will help them find a way to make it happen. That's a can-do positive attitude based upon faith. This morning, as we install our leaders for Woodmont for the coming year, I want to ask the question, what makes these people leaders? And in response, I would share these key important qualities of good leaders. Number one, leaders have influence. They inspire and they motivate others. I've always liked the statement that says, if you think you're a leader, but nobody's following, then you're just out taking a walk. Leaders have self-discipline. Their lives are under control, mainly because they're controlled by God. Their moods and their tempers, their time and their schedules, their money and other resources, their personal habits are under God's control, not their own control. Number three, leaders solve problems. 
while others get into a dither or what are we going to do about it? What are we going to do about it? Leaders just figure it out how to do it. Number four, leaders do not accept the status quo. They know that God is always calling them and calling his church to bigger and greater things. And they're always ready to go. I always say there is no such thing as the status quo. If you're not moving upward and onward, guess what? You're going backwards and downwards. Number six, number five, leaders see the big picture. They're never content with less than the best because they firmly believe that God deserves the very best. And so they give it the best effort they can and they want everything involved in God's work to be the best it can possibly be. Number six, leaders display a positive spirit. They're not negative or pessimistic. That's one of the reasons they have such a great influence on others. Instead of pointing out why something won't work, they're busy finding a way to make it work. And number seven, leaders take responsibility. They don't wait to be asked to do something. They see what needs to be done and they do it. We all know that most people in this world are not willing to take responsibility because to be honest, they don't want to put themselves out. Most people are willing to let somebody else do it. Most people would rather be served than to serve. But we know what Jesus said about the greatest among you being those who serve. So guess which kind of people truly belong to Jesus. As we install and ordain leaders for Woodmont for the coming year, let me say that in my opinion, there is no position in the church that is any more important than the position of elder. The elders to me are the spiritual leaders of the church the shepherds of the flock. Their faith, their witness, sets the tone for the whole congregation, sets the tone in spirituality, evangelism, in stewardship, in worship, in service, in every other area, in outreach and mission. And you have selected the following persons to become elders, to be ordained today as elders at Woodmont Christian Church. And I'm going to call their names and later um, at the drive-in service today, they will be ordained. But you have chosen Darden Copeland, Jonathan Farmer, Liz Holly, Doug King, Porter Metters, Brian Sargent, and Sandy Smith to be new elders for the coming year. Ann Arney, already on the Board of Elders, will serve as the chairperson for the coming year. And we certainly want to thank John Stauffer for doing a great job chairing the elders during this past year. And as they are ordained this morning, or tomorrow at the, I'm recording on Thursday, ordaining is Sunday, but they will not be laying on our hands due to the COVID, but we still are going to have the same effect of ordaining them uh, even without the laying on of hands. We also are electing to the board 
new members of the board, the following persons, Susan Batson, Kathy Johnson, and John Steele. And in addition, this morning, we will be installing the following as new deacons here at Woodmont Christian Church. Will Alexander, Louise Beasley, Charlie Biter, Camille Biter, Ann Cooper, Wade Daniel, Grace Dent, Paul Dent, Grace French, Kathy Gibson, Melissa Hagelgans, Ben Hall, Leah Harwell, Chip Lind, Greg Magnus, Millie Moore, Tammy Morgan, Kristen Newman, Hadley Reynolds, Tim Reynolds, Laura Reynolds, Jennifer Rivas, Rick Slaughter, Betsy Sloan, Emily Steffens, Allison Taylor, Daniel Thorne, Edwin Vickery, Alex Waddy, and Jamie Wellman. Let me point out that the word deacon comes from the word, the Greek word diakonit or diakonia, which means service or, or ministry. And deacons are Christians who are called first to discover the spiritual gifts that God has given them by taking the spiritual inventory. And secondly, then, to be willing to use the gifts that God has given them for the purposes of Christ's ministry in this world. Deacons are workers, committed workers. And because of them, they're responsible for the health and the, the growth and the welfare of Christ's congregation. Also, as board chair for the coming year, L.A. Gallion will serve, and as chair-elect, who will become chair the next year, is Pam Richardson. So as we install and ordain these leaders, Christ's partners in ministry for another year, we will ask each one to renew their commitment to Christ and express a willingness to accept all of the responsibilities and the duties of the position and with God being their helper to carry them out to the best of their ability. And as I said earlier, when God calls us to do something, God always gives us what we need to make it happen. So as we conclude this morning, I want to remind you of what the prophet Isaiah said when the Lord asked, whom can I send? Who will go for me? And Isaiah said, here I am, Lord, send me. Those who we have installed and ordained or will do that Sunday morning are of the same spirit as Isaiah had and that all of God's faithful leaders have had. But they cannot do it alone. They need the help and the support of all who are partners in ministry with God and who are part of this congregation. And that includes each one of you. So I hope as we install and ordain and begin a new church year, that you will also personally, individually, and prayerfully reaffirm your faith in God, your commitment to Christ, and your commitment and willingness 
to support these leaders and to work alongside of them here at Woodmont Christian Church. Would you pray with me? Lord, we know what a challenging and yet exciting time it is to be your church in the world today. There are so many forces that try to lure people away from you, but we rededicate ourselves anew to being your church, your people, your partners in ministry, and pray that you will give us the wisdom and the guidance, the strength and the inspiration that we need, especially that these leaders need to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with you. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen.